Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Welcome to Season 4, Episode 26 of They Walk Among Us, a podcast dedicated to UK true crime. As the holidays are fast approaching, remember that our book, They Walk Among Us, is now available worldwide. Featuring 10 brand new haunting and gripping cases we have not covered on the podcast, the book is available in paperback, ebook, or audiobook. We also have a selection of They Walk Among Us merchandise available through our online store. For more details, visit theywalkamonguspodcast.com forward slash merchandise. Listener caution is advised, as this episode contains adult themes and descriptions that some listeners may find distressing. In 1976, a boy was photographed. The picture appeared in the Daily Mirror. The three-year-old was marching up and down in front of a sentry who stood outside Clarence House in London. Wearing a faux Queensguard uniform, the boy was excited for the Trooping the Colour ceremony the next day. A snippet in the article mused about the child and his future. It read, Dreaming perhaps of the day when he can measure up to the real thing himself. That boy was Mark Acklam. He chose a very different path to the one the newspaper and his parents had envisioned. From teenage swindler to one of England's most wanted fugitives, Mark Acklam, known as an MI6 conman, led a life of audacious scams.
Mark Ackland was born in Lambeth, South London in 1973. The eldest of four children, Mark's behaviour bothered his mother from an early age. Diana Ackland began to think the forceps used in the difficult birth may have created some sort of damage to her son's brain. She later recalled the incident to a reporter. When he was two, I bought our first puppy. I just brought her home and she was sitting on the stairs. He went up and just kicked her out of the way. That was the first time. I thought this was odd. Most children would just go up to a puppy and cuddle it. Mark Acklam had a privileged start to his education, attending the private Dulwich College Prep School in South London and then Eastbourne College, another private education day and boarding school on the south coast of England. Mark, in his last year of school, had boasted to classmates and teachers saying he was the youngest qualified stockbroker in London. His new job would give legitimacy to his claim. Brian Acklam, an insurance consultant, had just set up his own business, Eurotech Investments. The company's purpose was to introduce clients to stockbrokers. His son was to be heavily involved with the daily running of the business, while Brian balanced the books. Working wasn't the only thing Mark Acklam was doing with his time. He was enjoying extravagant shopping sprees in London high-end department store Harrods, spending up to £2,000 a time. He splashed the cash on huge indulgences like £600 a night luxury five-star hotel stays. On one occasion, the teenager whisked one of his girlfriends away to stay in the presidential suite at Brighton's Grand Hotel. Amongst his extravagances were hiring private planes from an airport at Biggin Hill in Bromley. He also booked flights transporting himself and a small group of select friends and girlfriends to Spain, France and Switzerland. Acklam spent money on evenings out at restaurants and gentlemen's clubs, also paying for the friends who went with him. He was leading a lifestyle most adults, let alone teenagers, could only dream of. But where was Mark Acklam getting his money? One source of funds was from an American Express gold card, though at 16 he was two years away from legally being able to apply for a credit card. Brian Acklam found out his son had stolen his gold card, racking up an £11,000 bill. The 16-year-old's thefts would extend further, with Mark becoming ever more creative. Once his father had cancelled the credit card, the teenager went to a branch of the Leeds Permanent Building Society. He convinced the staff he was nine years older than he actually was, and obtained a substantial mortgage of £460,000. He purchased a five-bedroom property in Dulwich near the home of former Prime Minister Margaret Thatcher. Convincing staff in the building society, he claimed he was an investment advisor for offshore businesses. He even declared he had an office in the VIP suite of the World Trade Centre at Tower Bridge, or what is now a Hilton in Canary Wharf. 
Mark's income was further subsidised by scams on those he knew. So reassured by his former pupils' tales of financial success, an ex-teacher, Ian Markland, invested £13,000 with Mark Acklam, trusting it would be used to multiply the initial investment on the stock market. For his personal flights alone, Acklam owed a debt of £34,621 to Club Air, a private chartered jet company whose services had been used out of the Biggin Hill Airport. In June 1990, Mark Acklam's life of excess had caught up with him and the teenager was arrested. He told police in an interview that he thought 500 to 600 pounds on a meal out was normal, but the teenager now claimed to have spent all the money he had acquired. He was asked how much he could write a cheque for at that very moment. He replied, This minute, 10 pounds? The theft that had not been divulged to the police at that point was his mother's custom mink coat with her initials embroidered on the label. She left the coat hanging up in the hallway of the family home, but it disappeared, and she never saw the item again. Diana later told the reporter for the Daily Mail newspaper, It was draped over the banister in the hall, then it was gone. I think Mark sold it. I confronted him. He denied it, but it couldn't have been anyone else. Early July 1991, Mark Acklam, then 18, admitted to nine charges of theft, deception and forgery. 119 offences were being considered. Dressed in an expensive suit and braces, mimicking Michael Douglas in the film Wall Street, Acklam looked older than his teenage years, something that aided him in conning so many people out of their money. Bail was awarded to the young man, while the court waited for further information from the prosecution, though Acklam was required to surrender his passport so he could not leave the country. In spite of his impending sentence, to earn a quick buck, he sold a £20,000 exclusive interview to the News of the World. In it he claimed to be on the payroll of Carol Bryan, an affluent married woman in her forties. Acklam boasted he had a flat and a wage of £500 a week, working at Carol Bryan's house-letting business. He falsely claimed they had a sexual relationship and crudely told the paper, Yeah, I'm giving her one, although I'm only young. I know how to treat women. I've had dozens since I started using my brain to make money and get what I want. Treat them right and they will do anything for you. Carol Bryan's solicitor wrote to the News of the World disputing the young man's claim of a sexual affair, though the legal fees to take the paper to court would have been considerable, so no further action could be taken. Sometime later, Carol received a signed admission from Mark Acklam, in which he confessed that he had lied. 
their relationship was only platonic, though this would do little to persuade the casual readers of the news of the world. Two months after his guilty plea, at the inner London Crown Court, prosecutor David Fisher tried to understand why Mark Ackland behaved the way he did. Fisher said, It may well be that the father allowed his son too much latitude, which may have been based on genuine parental trust. During mitigation, Charles Conway defending thought his client a disturbed teenager who was out of touch with reality and needed urgent psychiatric treatment. Mark Acklam himself said, I've used my brain for the wrong things, not the right things. I'm not a psychopath or a manic depressive, but I do have a problem knowing the difference between right and wrong. Counsel for the defence went on to say that Acklam's father had written to solicitors and accountants letting them know the actual age of his then 16-year-old son. Conway blamed those who had lent Acklam money, saying, To a limited extent, these people shut their eyes. He presents the image of a brash, conceited, narcissistic, self-centred conman. The reality is that he is an inadequate, disturbed boy who has been living without any sense of reality, so that he could seek the attention of his father. Judge Brian Pryor QC disagreed and said during his crimes Acklam was utterly selfish and completely ruthless. Addressing Acklam, the judge continued, I do not accept for one moment the suggestion that you were some sort of Walter Mitty character believing in a fantasy world. The judge dismissed the argument that Mark Acklam exhibited any indication of mental illness and said the defendant had all the types of symptoms of a con man, telling sophisticated lies to his victims, cleverly adapted to suit his circumstances. Referring to deceiving Acklam's teacher, Judge Price said this crime was, quote, the worst of all. You told lie after lie after lie in order to get their money, so you could swindle it on your self-indulgent pleasure or gratify your gambler's desire to speculate with it. Sentenced to four years for defrauding his teacher, three years for falsely obtaining the mortgage, and two for conning private jet charter company Club Air. Acklam would spend his time in a young offender's institution. The sentences would run concurrently. After the hearing, Mark Acklam's mother Diana told the waiting press, We are going to appeal the sentence. I think it's disgusting, unwarranted. I'm just totally shocked. Acklam's parents sold their home in Bromley, Kent to cover their son's considerable debts. Mark Acklam served just under half of the four-year sentence at Feltham Young Offenders Institution, where he was allowed to leave on occasion to attend church before his release. While in Feltham, his family became concerned for Acklam's mental health when he said he was considering suicide. He was prescribed Valium. 
Akram told people his new vocation was to become a Catholic priest, an ambition that was short-lived and would never come to fruition. Instead, he got a job in administration at an office in Croydon and met a woman while on an evening out in a nightclub. It wasn't long before the pair were married, but the union was built on a foundation of lies when Mark Akram scrawled the word barrister as his profession on the marriage certificate. After the birth of children, a boy and girl, he would desert his family and never look back. Mark Ackland went to Spain, where his reputation preceded him, and he spent several years in prison for fraud. In 1998, his first stint behind bars in a Spanish jail was due to Acklam using several false identities. He was sentenced to two years, but continued to create fake personas when he was released. Next, he convinced unsuspecting investors he was the head of a retail consortium. The land he was trying to sell was not his to bargain with, and he was again arrested in Benidorm in 2004. Four years later, he was back to his old tricks and was wanted by police after he got two brothers to part with £200,000. They gave Acklam the money under the belief it was going to be used to build properties in Chelsea, London. He did not own those properties either. While avoiding police, Acklam fled with the money and changed his name to Mark Ros Rodriguez. During 2009... He had met and married a Spanish woman, Maria Yolanda Ros Rodriguez. Following the ceremony in Spain, the couple settled down in the UK to start a family. Summer 2013. Carolyn Woods was in Nice, France to meet her fiancé. Yet her husband-to-be, Mark Conway, a man she had been with for over a year, never turned up. What Carolyn was about to learn would devastate her both financially and emotionally. Carolyn Woods had moved to Tetbury from Buckinghamshire to start a new life. After 23 years, the mother of two's marriage had collapsed in 2003. A few years later, after her daughters went to university, she sold her home renting a house in Tetbury while she looked for another property she wanted to buy. As part of her new beginning, she started work in a clothing boutique. It was here where a charming customer, Mark Conway, came into the shop to buy a jacket. Well-dressed and driving a top-of-the-range car, Carolyn had no reason to doubt the man, who said he was a Swiss banker visiting the UK to buy Cotswold Airfield, a private airport near the village of Kemble in Gloucestershire. Carolyn fell quickly in love. Shopping sprees to Harrods and expensive gifts followed. Conway took her to see the fleet of aeroplanes he claimed he was buying 
and he purchased her a new car. A month after the first meeting in the clothing boutique, Carolyn left her job. She moved into accommodation Acklam claimed he owned in a beautiful historic apartment 45 minutes drive south in a prestigious residence on Brock Street in Bath. Carolyn's adult daughter Lara remembers meeting Mark Conway for the first time in 2012. The new man in her mother's life was boastful and claimed he had been in the World Trade Center on 9-11 but avoided basic questions about what he did for a living. He cryptically answered that he played with Banks' money. He told Lara about his work ethic and how he once suffered a heart attack saying, I woke up in hospital, pulled the wires out and went straight back to work. Lara had not warmed to her mother's new partner, but Carolyn was totally enamoured. Now far from her family in Bath, Carolyn was frequently alone in the flat she was meant to share with Conway, who would regularly disappear. He told Carolyn he worked for MI6, and was leaving the country on secret missions. Carolyn was handed several mobile phones in case one was bugged, and she would patiently wait for one of them to ring with news from her new fiancé. Conway said he had even booked a church for their wedding, but MI6 had made him cancel the ceremony due to Conway's undercover work. The pair could not be photographed together. He claimed MI6 had sent him on dangerous missions to Iran and Syria and he would use what he called encryption numbers when speaking to his bosses on the phone. One day, after Conway returned from another one of his so-called missions, his arm was in a sling. This was due to a gunshot injury he said he got while in Syria. The circumstances in which the couple would meet were becoming ever more bizarre with Conway sometimes turning up in full military gear. In late 2012, Carolyn met her husband-to-be in the parking lot outside French A Hospital in Bristol. Conway's head was covered in bandages, with a drain dangling from the wraps of fabric around his temple. Conway claimed to have a brain tumour and was meeting Carolyn covertly, as MI6 had forbidden visitors to the hospital. There was a risk he might let slip confidential information while he was lucid during his treatment. In spite of MI6 apparently instructing Conway that he was allowed no visitors, Carolyn managed to meet him a few more times at the hospital. For a while, life continued in much the same vein. Carolyn was left at home while her partner was away, by all accounts working for MI6. This was, however, a bone of contention for her family. Carolyn's daughter Lara would later tell a reporter for the Telegraph newspaper, whenever we spoke to mum about our concerns, she got defensive. I think it was because she had realised things were unravelling. It would not be until the following summer in 2013 Carolyn flew to Nice to meet the man that later stood her up. 
getting in touch with one of his contacts, she found out the man she knew as Mark Conway was married and was in fact called Mark Acklam. When Acklam realised Carolyn had found out who he really was, he left her life as abruptly as he entered it. Not only did Acklam leave Carolyn with a broken heart, but he left her without a home, a car or her life savings. The flat they shared in Bath was not owned by Acklam or Mark Conway as Carolyn knew him, but it was a rented property with a £9,500 a month lease. Acklam had paid a year up front in cash, which he had borrowed from Carolyn, telling her he had some financial problems at the time. Like the flat, Carolyn's car was not purchased, but unbeknownst to her was on a lease agreement. This was also likely covered by the money she had given her now ex-partner, money he said he needed due to some cash flow problems while renovating properties, which included Whitcomb Manor, worth £3 million. Acklam said the couple would live there after they got married. At first, Carolyn offered him £26,000 when she heard him talking about cash flow issues on the phone. Acklam had apparently accused her of being ungenerous while he claimed to have been busy renovating Whitcomb Manor. In hindsight, the call was probably staged. Quite rapidly, her £850,000 in savings evaporated into thin air, along with the man she thought she loved. She had drawn up loan agreements while she was with him, but they were useless if Carolyn didn't know where Mark Acklam was. Carolyn's fiancé was still very much married to Maria Yolanda Ros Rodriguez. The couple had two daughters together. They were living in a vast property funded in part by Carolyn's money not far away in a beautiful upmarket house called the Old Rectory. The couple were photographed looking happy and carefree on a day out at the Ascot races. That was before Mark Acklam was added to Interpol's most wanted list. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. 
Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This episode of They Walk Among Us is brought to you in association with Centair. Ever entered a seemingly perfect space only to feel like something was missing? That's where Centair comes in. With over three decades of experience, Centair leads the scent marketing industry, scenting resorts, retail outlets, event spaces and more, partnering with major brands like Westin Hotels and Snap Fitness. Chances are you've already encountered their fragrances firsthand. And now Centair is offering you a luxury fragrance experience in the comfort of your home. Visit Centair.com to explore their online store and infuse your spaces with unforgettable scents. Centair diffusers are sleek and fill your space with vivid fragrance for up to 300 hours. And the Centair app lets you schedule your fragrance and control your intensity right from your phone. What's more, all of Centair's more than 60 fragrances are phthalate-free, cruelty-free, safer families and EcoVad is certified sustainable. Differentiate your space with scent. Try luxury home fragrance trusted by the pros by going to Centair.com and using promo code AMONGUS for an extra 25% off your first order. That's promo code among us for an extra 25% off your first order at centair.com. While he was with Carolyn, Mark Acklin was posting on a WordPress blog under the name Mark Ros Rodriguez. In the About section of the website, the author of the blog wrote Mark Ros Rodriguez is now working as an author who has come to London to have treatment for a life threatening illness. He is currently working on his autobiography, which will be published later this year. He is also working on the production of a film script and a documentary. In a post dated June 8th, 2013, he recalled some of his past through his own lens. The post was titled Mark Ros Rodriguez, Corrections to Information Reported on Internet. An extract read. History. When I was nearly 17 years old, I left school. I got a job and obtained a mortgage which included a life insurance policy. I had lied about my age and personal data in order to obtain such, and a chartered accountant had prepared the necessary paperwork in order to support my application. I paid the mortgage, but because I had lied about my age, I had broken the law and I was sentenced to prison for having deceived the lender about my age and the other relevant details. The house was returned to the lender and sold. I was a child, not even 17 years old at the time of action, and paid for my crime. 
That was 24 years ago. That sentence was reduced on appeal. The case was notorious because Britain was suffering from a financial crisis at the time, and most English people thought it was funny that a 16-year-old schoolboy was able to make a mockery of the city. As a result, I was severely punished for my crime. I have paid my time, and it is absurd to be paying for that again and again and again. It is now ancient history. Unfortunately, it is set in place a domino effect that has affected the rest of my life. As I had a criminal record, as a result, it was impossible to obtain a job or attend university in any real subject, such as law or medicine, which are of course regulated. Mark Acklin was defrauding others while romancing Carolyn. The promise of business opportunities with the help of influential people he falsely claimed to know, like former Formula One chief executive Bernie Eccleston, never materialised. As soon as his targets handed over their money, Mark Acklam, or one of the aliases he was known by, disappeared. One of the casualties of the conman schemes was Chris Frampton, who had a business idea to promote rock concerts at Formula One races. His new friend convinced him he had the means and connections to make the business a roaring success. But, in actuality, it was just another con. Nothing materialised. No concerts, nor the monthly wage Frampton was promised after he left his job as an IT specialist, earning £100,000 a year. He realised he had been caught up in a scam. Chris Frampton had invested and lost everything, including his Derbyshire farmhouse. This wasn't the only loss he suffered. The strain of the deception put pressure on a three-decade-old marriage, which unfortunately ended in divorce. Another devastating knock-on effect was to his health, which rapidly declined. He suffered a stroke. Chris Frampton later told the Daily Mail, My wife was not happy when I gave up my job to go into a business venture with Acklam. She thought I was silly and did not want me to take that risk, and she turned out to be absolutely right. We ended up losing everything, our savings, and we lost our house because I could not pay the mortgage. My wife was understandably cross and left me, and my children don't talk to me much either. My stroke was down in large part to the strain I was under. It took two months before I realised that it was an absolute con um, and that he was a complete fraudster. That, I, I basically got angry the first month because there was no, no salary turned up and obviously my wife was going ballistic over that. And then when the second month came and went, I was already realised that he was a complete and utter robber and, uh, and I started pursuing him for the money. Chris tried to get his money back by going to an employment tribunal. Siding with Chris Frampton, the judges ruled Mark Acklam should give him almost £19,000. The payments due in instalments were never made. Chris Frampton knew Mark Acklam as Zach Moss, and another victim who was out of pocket 
following a housing scam, New Ackland by another name. Unsurprisingly, the seasoned conman used myriad aliases, including Mark Ros Rodriguez, Zach Moss, Mark Conway, George Kennedy, Mark Sanders and Marco Rossi. Acklam used a list of professions, including a gynaecologist, banker, event manager, property developer and secret agent. Carolyn Woods built up the courage in 2013 to go to the police, to tell them about the man who had fraudulently robbed her of her life savings. Although after her first visit she was left deflated, when it was suggested Carolyn should instead file a report with Action Fraud Online, the National Fraud and Cybercrime Reporting Centre, there did not seem to be any urgency to apprehend Mark Acklam. Initially, it may have appeared that since Carolyn had given her money freely, there was not much they could do. Police were yet to find out Mark Acklam was a career criminal. With all her life savings gone and no progress in recovering her money or finding Mark Acklam, Carolyn Woods approached journalist Martin Brunt and in turn a private investigator. Acklam had been tracked down as luck would have it. He was already in custody, but in Spain. He had been arrested for an earlier crime defrauding two brothers out of £200,000 in a property scam, selling the pair property he didn't own. He had also conned personal assistant Fernanda Ailmany out of £4,000. She had paid the rent up front for a building Acklam said he was going to set up a business in, a place where she thought she was going to work, for him. Everything seemed to be going well, though Fernanda had still not been paid back. More staff were employed in the real estate business, until one day officers came to the door and arrested Acklam for the scam on the two brothers. He was released on bail, but immediately fled with his family, starting a new life in Italy. Four months later, he was discovered and extradited back to Spain. In court, charismatic as ever, he was sentenced to three years in prison. He did not serve his full sentence, however, and it was not long before he was a free man again. Carolyn Woods updated Avon and Somerset Police in July 2015 as to Acklam's whereabouts. Unfortunately, Acklam slipped through the net. It was a whole year before a European arrest warrant was issued, but by this time Acklam was a free man. Whereabouts unknown. He was born Mark Acklam, but during a lifetime of fraud, he's changed his name many times. As Britain's most wanted conman begins a second year on the run, he's using another identity. In January... Carolyn Woods told the press and various television shows her story to warn others about the charismatic Mark Acklam and his confidence tricks. She expressed her frustration that he hadn't yet been caught. She suggested that perhaps the police force in Avon and Somerset were not doing enough to apprehend the fugitive. 
Detectives assured Carolyn and the public they were doing everything they could to find him. We are still investigating a number of incidents and reports to do with Mark Acklam and his activities in the Bath and Bristol areas going back to 2012-2013. In an interview, Carolyn told the BBC, This is like something out of James Bond. He managed to convince me that he was an MI6 agent and he had to have brain surgery. Carolyn recalled a time in London with Acklam. He told her his MI6 boss had requested to see him. They were taken there by Acklam's driver and when they arrived at a building, which she believed was the location where his boss worked, Acklam got out of the car and went inside. She said, I believed he was going in through a back entrance to see his boss. I saw him walk into what looked like an underground car park past two armed guards, two men wearing flak jackets and what looked like machine guns. So I was absolutely convinced he had gone into the MI6 building. I've been told since they don't have armed guards at MI6, but how anybody got near the MI6 building, even with a toy gun, I don't know. And who were those people? I have no idea. Carolyn spoke about the period after Mark Acklam deserted her, taking all her money. At that time, my life was descending into hell. I had no money left. I was living in a house I believed he owned, but I was paying all the bills. And I think the thing to say about him when you first meet him is he is someone with great presence and charisma, quite flirtatious, um, very entertaining. I felt as though I had fallen in love, that this was the real thing. It was all um, a charade, but yes, he said he'd never felt like this about anybody. We must get married. I have a wedding dress that um, was bought for me. Um, In the end, I lent him everything that I had. He had an accomplice and he said it had to go through his account um, because he, to protect his identity. I did wish that he had actually killed me. That's how I felt. The Avon and Somerset Police and National Crime Agency issued a European arrest warrant for Mark Acklam. It was obtained as part of Operation Captura a multi-agency operation which hunts for British fugitives abroad. October 2017 In an attempt to find Acklam, a picture of his wife who it was believed he was with was given to the press along with an appeal for information. It was thought Maria Yolanda Ros Rodriguez could be assisting her husband and even living with him and their two children. It would be hard to stay hidden for long. Investigators had become familiar with the couple's habits and lifestyle. Maria was not sought under the arrest warrant and officers predicted the couple's daughters would be in a private school. Maria Rodriguez was a known yoga enthusiast there was a strong possibility she could be attending or even teaching a yoga class somewhere, perhaps using one of the many false names she used, Yolanda Ross, 
Maria Long, or Mary Moss. Detective Inspector Adam Bunting, who formed part of the team tracking Acklam down, believed Acklam's two young daughters were enrolled at an international school in Spain. D.I. Bunting said there were significant concerns about the children's well-being due to them being uprooted with no notice from their school friends and family. He said it's highly likely Acklam would have placed his children in another fee-paying school. Police mainly aimed the appeal at Britons living abroad, hoping that they would spot the wealthy couple with their two young daughters. It was made clear Acklam had links to Spain, Italy and Ireland, but D.I. Bunting went on to say he could be anywhere in Europe. It's possible he may have travelled outside the EU. Radio silence. That was until the following year. On May 10th, 2018, a picture obtained by Sky News surfaced. Mark Acklin was photographed with another man sat outside a cafe in Geneva, Switzerland. On July 3rd, Ian Cruxton, head of international operations at the National Crime Agency, said, I suspect a fraudster like Acklin would have continued offending while on the run. We are committed to protecting UK citizens from criminals who seek to exploit them. And likewise, we are equally committed to protecting citizens in other countries. He was right. Acklam was offending while on the run. One investor handed over €400,000 for what would turn out to be another scam. Those Swiss authorities chose not to prosecute, and Acklam was again a free man but not for long. Whilst um, Switzerland is not in the European Union and therefore uh, the European arrest warrant will not apply, uh, that doesn't matter because Switzerland is a a member of the Council of Europe, as is the UK, and there has been an extradition treaty amongst all Council of Europe countries since 1957. Uh, And that treaty will apply uh, to enable uh, the British um, authorities to seek his extradition. In early July 2018, 45-year-old Mark Acklam's time had run out. Surveillance on a luxury lakeside apartment in Vadersville, Zurich, was underway. Swiss police entered the property and arrested Acklam. The investigation was a combined effort between the Swiss police, the UK's National Crime Agency and Avon and Somerset Police. Acklam had been sharing the apartment with his wife and children. When the police gained entry for the arrest, Acklam attempted to escape by jumping from the balcony. As he tried to make his getaway, he was wrestled to the ground by officers. Using the name Manuel Escalar, Acklam was posing as a Spanish national. He had changed his name to Mark Long via Deedpol before going on the run to Europe. He held a valid passport with his new name, which he obtained in 2014. Acklam continued his criminal career in Switzerland, persuading investors of his new business, Swiss Discs, that Elon Musk was involved in his new venture and had already invested millions. It was discovered Acklam had been travelling and making deals in Lisbon, Portugal too. He sought to fight extradition to the UK, 
but faced some charges relating to check and credit card fraud in Switzerland first, for which he was sentenced to 121 days. Detective Inspector Adam Bunting from Avon and Somerset Police told the press, Ackland thought he could continue to evade capture by moving around Europe, but we were determined to locate him and bring him back to this country. Ian Cruxton, Director of International Operations for the NCA, said, The hunt for conman Mark Acklam started in Spain, but as soon as intelligence indicated he had moved to Switzerland, we utilised our assets there to track him down. I suspect a fraudster like Acklam would have continued offending while on the run, which is why it was so important to apprehend him. On February 22, 2019, Mark Ackland was extradited from Geneva to the UK, landing at Bristol Airport. Avon and Somerset Police tonight must be delighted because this has been a real saga. Uh, they started investigating uh, Mark Acklam in about 2014. It was a long investigation. Uh, police originally thought that Acklam was in Spain. Uh, he was, but by the time they'd got a, a European arrest warrant for him, he'd fled and gone to Switzerland. He was found there. It was still very complex. Now, he decided that he would fight extradition. Uh, the court in Switzerland had agreed it. He launched two appeals and uh, he ran out of options last week. A second appeal to the Swiss Supreme Court was rejected. One of Ackland's arguments was that if he came back in a post-Brexit Britain, his uh, human rights would not be guaranteed. The Swiss Supreme Court dismissed that argument as futile. He was met by half a dozen or so Avon and Somerset detectives. They brought him back. Uh, he's now on his way to a police station. Gary Haskins, a detective superintendent from the Avon and Somerset Police Force, addressed the press and said, No matter where suspected criminals are in the world, we will always do everything we can to track them down and bring them back to the UK to face justice. Haskins went on to praise the teams who worked together to capture Mark Acklam. This extradition would not have been possible without the support of all our law enforcement partners and I'm extremely grateful for their assistance in helping us bring Acklam home to answer some very serious charges. Mark Acklam arrived on British soil to face a total of 20 charges, eight of which related to fraud by false representation, and the remaining 12 to converting or removing criminal property. At a short pre-trial hearing at Bristol Crown Court, Acklam appeared via video link and pleaded not guilty to all charges. A date for the trial was set for early August and it was expected to last up to three weeks. Mark Acklam faced justice before Judge Martin Picton. The original charges related to him obtaining £800,000 through fraudulent means but Acklam pleaded guilty to five of the 20 charges, which covered the sum of almost £300,000. 
the prosecutors accepted his guilty plea for the reduced amount of five fraud charges. The other 15 would lie on file. Senior Crown Prosecutor Alison Harris working for the CPS said, Mark Acklam used false identities, told lies and abused the trust of those around him to enrich himself. He gave multiple excuses as to why he could not pay his victim back, including that he was living a life of espionage. Our prosecution was able to use the evidence to show that these lies were deliberate and caused misery for his victim. I hope today's pleas of guilty by Mark Acklam will provide her with some closure and a sense that justice has been done. Carolyn Woods provided a long and eloquent impact statement, which was read in court. Some of her poignant statement read as follows. Mark Acklam acted deliberately and in the most calculated, premeditated way to defraud me of all my money and nearly all my personal possessions and to deprive me of my home and my job, thereby rendering me totally helpless and at his mercy. He also deliberately isolated me from my family and friends and played psychological games to deceive me and engender a sense of fear in me. It was an act of the utmost cruelty, designed to destroy my life for his personal gain. My life, as I knew it, has indeed been destroyed, and it has only been the love of my two daughters that has prevented me from ending it completely. They too have been deeply affected by what has happened to me. Carolyn went on to describe the long-term effect of having to survive on meagre finances after Mark Acklam took her money. Now my life is restricted to little more than survival. I have suffered the total loss of all my security and independence. The extent of the fraud affected so much more than Carolyn's finances. The statement continued. I have suffered sexual and emotional violation that has resulted in a loss of pride and self-worth. Initially when I discovered the truth, I felt bereaved. It was as though the man I fell in love with had died. What I had to get my head around was the fact that the man I fell in love with never actually existed. He was the fictitious creation of Mark Acklam. I felt deeply betrayed and have suffered a loss of identity. Securing a job to earn an income had also become a struggle for Carolyn. At the end of 2013, I did manage to secure a job interview, but unfortunately I was not successful. The elation I felt at being offered an interview was equaled by the despair I felt at not getting the job. I find that I am very emotional and prone to mood swings, much of the time struggling with feelings of deep depression. I have suffered from both agoraphobia and claustrophobia, sometimes feeling too frightened to go out and at other times feeling terrified of being trapped. I have suffered terrifying panic attacks when I have been unable to breathe and have felt my heart racing and a terrible weight on my chest. I also suffer from insomnia and often feel intensely lonely. Physically I feel as though I have aged a good 15 years. 
A doctor I saw in the summer of 2013 told me I was suffering from post-traumatic stress disorder. Sadly, Carolyn thought her good nature was used against her by Acklam. I was brought up to treat people as I would wish to be treated myself and believe some of my strengths of character to be kindness, generosity, loyalty, dependability and stoicism. I stand by what I believe to be right and I am true to my word. Unfortunately, I feel that in the relationship I had with Mark Acklam, my strengths were used against me and contributed to my downfall. Judge Martin picked and addressed Mark Acklam. He said, You took advantage of your victim in a cruel and cynical manner, and whilst you did not target her from the outset, and it was plain once you knew what you might gain from her financially, that you set out to do so in a ruthless and selfish manner. Since then, you've not made any effort to make good for the harm you did. She's not seen a penny of the money you took from her, and I feel it's unlikely she will ever do so. Mark Acklam was sentenced to five years and eight months behind bars. In a press release from Avon and Somerset Police, Senior Investigating Officer Detective Superintendent Gary Haskins was quoted as saying, Mark Acklam is a career criminal and a master manipulator who cared little about the emotional devastation he was leaving in his wake. He carried out a callous romance fraud against Carolyn Woods, which ruined her life. I'd like to thank Carolyn wholeheartedly for supporting the police investigation and for being prepared to give crucial evidence in court. I hope this result helps her move on from this distressing ordeal. Addressing Acklam's facade and his ability to convince people to hand over their money, D.S. Haskins said, On the surface, Acklam was charming, affluent and successful. Underneath he was calculating, scheming and obsessive about money. His ability to manipulate knew no bounds. He would steal from one person to pay another. It was a high-risk tactic, which was always going to be exposed at some point. Acklam is without morality when it comes to deception, and he used Carolyn's money to fund fast cars, expensive rental properties, his children's private schooling fees, and even a wedding dress. So where are we now? Chris Frampton, who had lost his savings and his home, and gone through a divorce and health scares after a fraudulent business deal perpetrated by Mark Acklam, told journalist Beth Hale. Now I am trying to get another business off the ground, but I have difficulties with my speech. I have gone from a somebody to an insignificant nobody in the world. Chris Frampton was not satisfied with the sentence Mark Acklam was given. The courts have not taken into account enough the lives like mine that he has devastated. He is a consummate, calculating, prolific con man 
He's a devious individual who has managed to con the court. A five-year sentence is not very long, and he will be out of prison before too long, and he'll be at it again. He is a despicable psychopath who should have got much longer in jail. The knock-on effect of Mark Acklam's actions still ripple through his family to this day. His mother Diana, 74, is still working after the loss of her home and marriage following her son's fraud in the 1990s. She commented, He never learns. It just goes on and on. You can put him away, but it's like a never-ending roller coaster. When he comes out... It will all start again. Thank you for listening and special thanks to our Patreon supporters. For more information on this episode, please see the show notes or visit our website, theywalkamonguspodcast.com. It's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.